We are back after a very long break. I have been out for a month and a half. The semester started and um, I had my senior recital and just so many things happening here on campus that I could not, um, I could not both, you know, keep my, um, I could not keep up on my um, politics and school and my family all at the same time. So I uh, pushed this to the side for a while because um, <laughs> this it's just the thing to go. So we've got a ton to talk about. Um, Allendale. Uh, so the, these a bunch of black people have uh, white privilege, I think. Um, you know, Black Lives Matter vandalizes things and uh, they get away with it. So we're going to be talking about that. Um, the Lanthorn has a bunch of great headlines. Great. Uh, Really great comic this week. Um, very super funny, uh, well thought out. Um, they they are also under the impression that uh, we have open discussions, uh, which is comical a little bit. Um, and climate change, of course, we have to talk about the end of the world because you know when don't we talk about the end of the world? We've been talking about the end of the world since what 1970, 1965. So of course we have to do that. Plus, Governor Gretchen Whitmer is burning evidence. That's fun. Um, kind of reminds me of uh, somebody bleaching um, hard drives. And we have a bunch of fun tweets to go through. I think we got a Detroit... Oh, yeah. Burning evidence. <laughs> and we got a bunch of tweets to go through. Also, um, a black lady wins uh, lieutenant governor in Virginia... And apparently all the Virginia voters are racist. We're going to be talking about that. I'm Anon Down, and this is the Holmes Politicast. Oh, we're going to try that one more time. I'm Anon Down, and this is the Holmes Politicast. First off, Allendale Township Board will not pursue vandalism charges. Huh. Yeah, this one caught my eye. I, I, I knew immediately when I saw it. I was like, oh, that was the, the statue thing. Um, this was a controversy, I don't know, I think back in 2019 before uh, the pandemic was all a thing. So let's, let's just dive into this. The Allendale Township Board has decided to discontinue the prosecution against protesters who violated local ordinances involving a controversial Civil War statue in the Veterans Garden of Honor. After thorough consideration, the board also concluded that the number of trials will be required that will be required to prosecute the violations will have minimal impact on justice but will instead create more divisiveness while not adding anything constructive or new to the conversation. <sighs> We're just going to keep going. Adam Ellenboss, Allendale Charter Township Supervisor said, so remember his name. Um, I'm going to try and get him on the show to, uh, to talk about this. Uh, so that may be coming soon. Of course, not very many people want to talk to a conservative commentator. So we'll see if he hides in the dark and, continues to talk to nobody except for, um, you know, left-wing news outlets. But regardless, demonstrations against the statue were sparked by, uh, who is it? The Black Lives Matter movement. Ah, the oppressed, the poor oppressed people. 
that just they get so much flack for everything um, as they destroy and burn and pillage, which gained traction across the U.S. in May of 2020 following the the death. Oh, at least they said the death uh, of George Floyd. At least they didn't say the murder. You know what? Props uh, to the Lanthorn. I, I give them props for that. Um, they actually recognized that George Floyd was not murdered. That is great. Statues depicting Confederate soldiers were vandalized, removed, and protested against in cities throughout the nation. Following the call to remove the statue, Allendale's Board of Trustees formed a special committee to address the com- the community's dis- demands regarding the statue. Sorry, I've had too much coffee and I'm getting excited already. Charges were filed earlier this year. Following incidents in early January, activists from several groups, including the Michigan Association of Civil Rights and Justice for Black Lives, used cornstarch to, quote, tar and feather part of the statue, which depicts a Confederate soldier. There were several other protesters, both for and against the removal of the statue. In another incident, the face of the Union soldier was painted with clown makeup and the Confederate soldier's face was broken. Um, the decision to drop the charges was made at the September 27th Allendale Township Board meeting, Ellen Boss said. Allendale's Township Board analyzed the cases and has made the decision to discontinue the prosecution, Ellen Boss said in a statement. The township's viewpoint is that the primary aspect of the statue controversy was whether or not the statue would remain in its current location. Well, that has absolutely nothing to do with the statue being vandalized, but okay. The Allendale Board of Trustees voted 5-2 to keep the statue at a meeting in June. At a meeting in June. Ellen Boss said that while discussions regarding the statue has continued in the Allendale community, no new demonstrations or information have entered the debate. So, they're taking this... It's interesting. This article was about the prosecution of vandalism against the statue. And so, okay, I can understand not prosecuting for... Um, for putting clown makeup on. Um, whoever broke the statue should be prosecuted. Uh, tarring and feathering the statue should be prosecuted. I mean, like, they shouldn't be big prosecutions. I'm not talking about throwing them in prison forever, but um, somebody had to clean those things. So, yeah, I guess the face paint would, you know what, that has to be cleaned too. Somebody had to clean that. That's taxpayer money going toward somebody else. Somebody in our community, well, maybe not in our community. People have been... Uh, crossing state lines, crossing county lines, as as the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse um, haters like to say, but they've been coming into other communities and damaging property. Anybody that damaged property that now Allendale has to clean up, they should be prosecuted by Allendale. Now, of course, it doesn't say you know who the people are because all the prosecution was dropped. So, um. You know, that's, that's really all I've got. Uh, they should be prosecuted. We should not be allowing people to deface statues. I mean, if I went out and defaced the LGBTQ uh, uh, board out there um, on campus, if I went out there and ripped down the, the uh, gay flag, I would be prosecuted without question, as I should be. These people should be prosecuted too, and I don't understand how Black Lives Matter gets so much white privilege. All right. We're going to move on because that is all I've got on that. So this super funny <laughs> uh, comic. So I don't know if the Lanthorn is aware what a comic is. Um, I 
I haven't seen any funny ones though. I've seen mean spirited ones. Um, I've seen nasty ones that you know call Joe Rogan uh, a horse, um, very disrespectful, uh, calling you know random conservative podcasters that Athena Johnson or Athena Jasmine. You know, she asked me one time, "Oh, how come you didn't do that one?" <laughs> Well, you wrote it. Why are you asking me? How come I didn't review it? Um, it because it's 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 just, it's not funny. It's just a comic attacking somebody. So this isn't an attack. Um, but uh, I I do think it is kind of funny in an ironic kind of way. Um, I want to suck on your neck, not bathe in your germ. So, uh, Dracula is now gonna bite you with a mask on. Um. The wolf man is now going to maul you with a mask on. He's going to eat your face off, but he doesn't want your germs. And then Frankenstein, he's just going to rip your arms off with a mask on. Um, I, don't, I don't really know that any of these monsters particularly care about germs. And uh, I don't know that any students particularly care. Well, some of them do. I got to admit, some of them do. But this was just not funny. Um, Lanthorn should make some funny funny cartoons that'd be good so we move on uh gaze into lgbtq history i think that should be uh that should be a a capital offense right here this is uh that was (laughs) not a good pun not a good pun and i think uh kind of homophobic i'm pretty sure um if i said something is gay or if I used gay in that way, I think I would be uh, hung, tarred, and feathered. Um, but uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to say that the Lanthorn, they didn't have malicious intent. So um, I'm not going to call for tar and feathering. But, you know, if the, uh, the gay community wants to get on that, you know, that's their issue. So we continue. Um, an open door discussion. I highly doubt this was an open door discussion. Because I've seen what kind of discussion goes on at uh, Grand Valley State University when there's a settled position. When the establishment has a settled position, um, while the leftists, they they scream. The independents, they kind of go along with the leftists. They're like, "Eh, yeah, you kind of hurt their feelings. And then the people on the right, they just stay silent. So if you call that an open discussion... Um, I guess it was an open discussion, but let's just get into the article. Last year, Grand Valley State University was named the best university in Michigan for LGBTQ students by Campus Pride and Best Colleges. The ranking combines Best Colleges criteria of academic support and affordability data in addition to the Campus Pride Index score. As national rating system, as a, oh, a national rating system that measures LGBTQ-friendly campus life. Now, I don't want to know what the parameters for this rating system are, so I'm not going to look into that. If somebody wants to look into that and uh, let me know, that'd be fine, but uh, yeah, I don't care. Campus Pride considers eight. Oh, oh, they're going to tell us. Okay. <sighs> Good on you, Lanthorn. You did some investigative journalism here. Campus Pride considers eight LGBTQ plus inclusive factors to reach a measurement Policy inclusion, that's, what does that mean? Support and institutional commitment, what does that mean? That's so vague. Um, Academic life, uh, 
housing and residence life, campus safety, counseling and health, recruitment and retention. For I, I mean, I assume all of this is uh, for the gay people. Um, very vague uh, factors, I guess. I don't I don't really know how you would measure um, counseling and health. I, I guess like all the counselors affirm your homosexuality. I don't know. Um, recruitment. So the number of gays at the college. Maybe I don't know. Uh, what if they What if they decide to change their identity? Like, is that like if a gay decides to not be gay? Is that a loss? Like, do you re- still retain that person? Like, um, if they if they become bi, is that like? I mean, I guess it, it's all under the umbrella, so you can you can count that as retention. But anyway, very vague factors. Um, academic life. I don't know what that means even. Um, the gay people have to get good grades. Huh. Doesn't sound very meritorious, um, grade scale wise. I, I highly doubt that gay people are getting just uh, A's just for being gay. Um, and if they are, Grand Valley should be probably be shut down. Um, so, yeah, weird. We continue. Part of what makes GVSU such a good campus for LGBTQ students is the Milton E. Friedford. Milton E. Ford LGBT Resource Center. Well, that's not very inclusive. Just LGBT Resource Center? How rude. No Q, no plus. What? How did we win the best when we are not even inclusive of the Q and the plus? I don't know. This center advocates for institutional equity, promotes community well-being, and provides educational opportunities to create an informed, cohesive, and just campus where community members of diverse sexual orientations, gender identities, and gender presentations are supported and welcomed. Alright, I'm already done with this article. Oh. Now, see, how come how come they're how come the gay people are allowed to say queer, but if I say queer, that's like the dirtiest word in existence. See see you, you can see it right here, queer. Uh, we feel the need to present it because queer history is not only very important on a personal level to queer folk themselves, but to everyone who cares for human rights. So I guess uh, I don't care for human rights. See, this is how the left does it. They just couch, they just couch their opinions into human rights. They're like, well, if humans can't do this, then they don't have any rights. You know, and I'm just going to move right on from that because I think all of my listeners know that just because you can't do it doesn't mean you have no rights. Uh, you you probably shouldn't be able to murder your babies. That's not a right. Um, being queer isn't really a right. I mean, I, I would challenge you to find that outline in the Constitution anywhere. And I also often wonder where they get their perception of human rights. Does the government give you human rights? Because if the government gives them, then they can take them away. Um, if you're if you're couching your human rights in some idea of God, I don't think there is, at least there's not a monotheistic God that uh, supports homosexuality. I mean, if you're uh, Hindu, maybe, but that, I just don't know where they... See, they, they've taken this idea of human rights that flourishes out of a Christian worldview Um that believes that human beings have dignity and worth because they are made in the image of God. And then they just say, 
well, humans can do everything because, you know, human rights. That That's not uh, really where we get human rights. I just saw. Okay. I just saw this. The turnout was about 10 students, and the reactions were good. Wow. Whew. You guys are really cooking. Uh, you got 10 whole students to come to your event. Um, so that's news that the Lanthorn considers newsworthy. I guess. Um, climate change. We're just going to move on because I'm just, I'm going to get in trouble if I keep on talking about the, the, uh, gay thing that was super popular. So Sunday, October 31st marks the beginning of the 12 day 2021 United Nations climate change conference, which I hear Joe Biden is falling asleep at. Um, that, so that's still going on right now, I believe. Yeah. So, Joe Biden's in Scotland falling asleep um, or, or doing something else. I don't know. Being. <laughs> I need to be respectful. Ah, that's not disrespectful. Joe Biden's in Scotland falling asleep. I would be falling asleep, too. So no disrespect to Joe Biden. If I had to be at the United Nations Climate Change Conference, uh, yeah, I'd be dead asleep because it is totally worthless. Um, maybe Joe Biden knows that maybe he's just needs a nap. Now, I don't know why it is abbreviated to cop 26 and I don't care to find out. I just, I want to just point out that cop 26 in no way reflects United Nations climate change conference, UNCCC changes to COP 26. Where is the 2-6 coming from? Um, I'm looking, I'm looking. Yeah, the Lanthorn doesn't do any investigative journalism into this. They just, they just kind of accept that, um, that United Nations Climate Change Conference is abbreviated to COP26, I guess. So, I am never going to get through any of these articles if I keep on talking. My goodness. All right. The participating nations will be talking about promises made in the past, setting new goals for the future, and discussing ongoing anxieties and concerns. These topics are relevant to literally everyone on the planet. But, as members of the generation that's inheriting the Earth, students in the Grand Valley State University community need to be keyed into the conversation happening in Glasgow right now. So this is another one of those open discussions that uh, you're not allowed to disagree with, um, as far as I'm aware. Um, I would love to uh, to be uh, proven wrong um, if if anybody you know wants to discuss climate change with me on the show. That'd be great. Um, again, leftists don't really come on right wing shows because they don't really have very many arguments. Um, so climate change was also a part of this year's G20 summit. Oh, yeah, the, the G20 summit, the, the Summit of Leaders, which concluded on Sunday. As explained by the New York Times, Somanai Sengupta. Sengupta. I feel like there was a scandal involving him, but anyway, I'll find that out later. Uh, if there was a scandal, we'll talk about it next week. Leaders attending the COP26 have been given a straightforward goal have greenhouse gas emissions in eight years 
but things appear to be off to a lackluster start as leaders from some of the biggest ooh, excuse me from some of the biggest polluters Russia's Vladimir Putin and China's Xi Jinping will not be attending in person wait wait so Russia and China are opting to not fly a private jet to Scotland and I care so little about this. <laughs> um, so China and Russia are not wasting a bunch of gas going to Scotland. So they're bad. But Joe Biden, he is flying all the way there on his private jet all by himself. And that's good for climate change. Hmm. I'm sensing... Some cognitive dissonance here somewhere in the air. I can't quite grasp it. However, the powerhouse industrialized nations that will show up to the COP26 have their minds full with other prior commitments, like paying poorer countries the $1 trillion they were promised back in 2010. The full amount was meant to be paid by 2020, but won't be for three more years. Reparations for damage already done by climate change, according to Sengupta, are also being discussed. Reparations for damage already done? Who are we paying? God? Like, who who owns the world that we are paying? I don't know. The, the Lanthorn decides not to ask these questions. They just, uh, they just kind of say things like reparations for damages already being done. Um, interesting. However, there are plenty of climate change strategies being talked about on the domestic front. Well, I'd like to see those. I haven't heard any, but... Uh, the White House's October 28th Build Back Better framework, which primarily focuses on centering the needs of the middle class, will be pitched to Congress and ostensibly used as a guide to inform future legislation. That sentence made absolutely no sense. I'm going to look at this build back. Oh. Um, oh. Oh, the build back better plan is to cut gas pollution by over one gigaton. Okay. Um, from buildings, transportation, industry, electricity. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Um, advance environmental justice by investing in a 21st century clean energy economy from buildings, transportation, industry, electricity, and agriculture to climate smart practices across our land and waters. That was very detailed. So glad I investigated that. Um, goodness gracious. So um, we're going to be centering the needs of the middle class, and that's going to solve climate change, people. Uh I didn't say it. The Lanthorn said it. Um, I'm just reporting it. I just... <laughs> Centering the needs of the middle class. How... Just like a newspaper. Amidst the jargon. Jargon indeed. The framework includes a section on... Oh, wait. Oh, hey, I just read this. They focused in on the same thing I did. They just thought it was a good thing, and I thought it was a dumb thing. Um, 
The framework includes a section on climate change solutions. Build Back Better promises to cut greenhouse gas emissions by one gigaton by 2030 and invest 555 million Oh, 555 billion in the clean energy economy, which involves revamping infrastructure to pay to make room for clean power, investing in smart agriculture, and repairing infrastructure damaged by climate change. Okay, well, that was so vague as to be super helpful. Um, the framework also promises rebates and tax credit to middle class families which will lower the cost of installing rooftop solar panels and purchasing electric cars, grow the clean energy industry, incentivize cleaner practices in existing energies. The tax credit and rebates are eerily similar to PACE, a program that was exploited by unsavory parties. PACE, exploited by unsavory parties. Let's see what this is. I didn't actually read. Oh, 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 oh. oh John Oliver. Our main story tonight concerns home renovation. Oh my goodness, John Oliver. Yeah, we're not going to listen to him. Um, so that's the the level of um, great article. That's silly. Uh, however, despite the strengths and weaknesses of some of its proposed strategies, the framework might not drive much progress, as it's lacking strong support from some key players, like you know the entire world. News like this does not inspire much optimism, but on a local level, there are upcoming opportunities for members of GVSU to learn and promote sustainable practices. Oh, good. GVSU's Climate Change Education Solutions Network is hosting the Climate Change Education Solutions Summit 2021 from November 3rd to November 5th. Oh, that just ended. Cool. Besides reducing your own carbon footprint, another important facet of combating climate change is making informed decisions as a voter. This summit is an opportunity for GVSU students to learn more about that problem that climate change poses and the potential solutions. So, here is my promise to you, listeners, because you listen to me babble on for hours. I'm going to listen to them babble on. Um, I'm going to see if I can find this uh, Climate Change Education Solutions Summit. Uh, let's see. I will actually... Um... I'm going to I'm going to go right now. I'm going to see if it's uh watchable right now. Uh I don't think it is. I don't think I can get video of it. I don't know if I can. Let's see. Let's see. I'm working on it. If okay. If I can get video of it, I will watch it. I will watch it and I will tell you exactly how good it was. I will find for you all of the key points, and uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So, Climate Change Summit, super important. I think that ends the Lanthorns, uh, yep, that ends the Lanthorns uh, section. Goodbye, Lanthorn. Hello, Governor Whitmer. Sweet. So, because we've just had our 2021 elections, 2022 is next year, it's a big year. Uh, we got to get rid of the 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 Gretch. Um, so, number one, we're going to be looking at some of her vetoes. So, um, remember that that nursing home patient that got the crap beat out of him? Yeah. So uh, the senators wanted a bill to make video cameras standard in nursing homes. Um, she vetoed that. Uh, let's see, local hospitals. Uh, 
found budget cuts in 2019. That seems to have been a bad idea looking back. Um, Governor Whitmer cuts more than $300 million from autism resources. Let's see. Among state budget cuts include County Veterans Services Fund. I think, like, I feel like we should be supporting our veterans. Um, I know, hot take, guys, but that's just my opinion. Um, we should probably support our veterans. They fought for us. They've, they've died for us. They've lost limbs for us. We should support them. Um, Whitmer disagrees. <clears throat> Michigan Sheriff Budget. Or Michigan Sheriff Departments to lose funding for one... 119 deputies um, with Whitmer's budget vetoes. So that was Lansing State Journal. That was a headline. Uh, so, I mean, if you think that uh, I'm I'm making this up or somebody's making this up, no, these are real headlines from real. Let's see, the first one uh, was from Fox 2 Detroit. Uh, and I actually looked at that one because Fox isn't always reliable. They're, they're le- I mean, they're right, right wing, um, kind of, a little bit. Um, but they're also very unreliable. They skew to the left a lot too. Um, the second one, the local hospitals to feel a squeeze. That was from the times Herald, uh, NBC 25 news governor cuts more than 300 million for autism resources. So we're just going to keep on going. Uh, if you're watching, you can see all the stuff that I'm talking about. So go to YouTube, check out this segment. Um, it's about 41 minutes in 40 minutes in ish. Um, so Cranes, Detroit, Whitmer vetoes $375 million for roads, bridges as budget battle heats up. Now, I feel like that goes against one of her promises. We're not going to get into it, but, uh, fix the damn roads. Uh, I feel like I, I've heard that somewhere. It's ringing bells and I lost it. I can't remember who said it, but certificate of need bills introduced to reduce costs Increase access. I don't even know what the heck that means. Um, so, Whitmer vetoes bills that would have protected whistleblowers, delayed local tax collections. I'm live. Wow, there are so many of them. Um, so, that's just a few of them from 2019. We're going to move on to uh, 2021. We're just going to skip 2020 altogether because she vetoed so many things, so many things in 2020. Um, she uh, she vetoed a bill to delay taxes. Um, vetoed bill directed COVID-19 patients away from nursing homes. That one. Oh, my goodness. Uh, vetoed a bill to make absentee ballots application fraud a felony. Um, so you can, you know, commit ballot application fraud and uh, it's just a misdemeanor. Uh, you know, I said I was going to skip 2020, but those are just a couple from 2020. 2021, Governor Whitmer vetoes three voter ID bills meant to tighten election security from the Washington Examiner. And uh, I've read those bills. Um, I was following those very closely. That's all they were. I mean, Democrats, of course, will say, oh, they're trying to make voting harder for black people and they're racist. And eh, No, that was just, just voter ID. You just got to have ID. To ask for a ballot, to ask for an absentee ballot, and to vote in person. That's all it was. Uh, Governor Whitmer vetoes COVID relief spending bill, 9and10news.com. Rural communities left behind with Whitmer broadband veto. Oh, so that was uh, Senator Kevin Daly. Um, yeah, they were trying to get, uh, you know, and I don't, I don't actually agree with that, so good. I'm glad that 
Wait. You know what? I don't remember what that one was. Uh, I think it was for... I think it was for an easement so that you could run high capacity cables out to rural communities and they could use those to get internet out there. Um, and she was just like, yeah, no, you're not using the easement. I, I think I'm not hundred percent sure. You know what? Yeah. I'll, I'll look into that one for next week. Whitmer vetoes, maybe, maybe Whitmer vetoes bills, giving businesses tax breaks for purchases of PPE. Freep. The Detroit Free Press. So, we can get rid of a tax tampon, or a tampon tax. We can end period poverty. But we can't give businesses a tax break for purchasing the PPE that she's demanding they purchase. Huh. Okay. Governor Whitmer vetoes business tax breaks a day after touting small businesses. I-O-S-C-O News. Whitmer rejects a $155 million plan to give $1,000 scholarships for elementary reading help. Detroit.chalkbeat.org. Uh, I didn't I didn't hear about that one at all. Governor Whitmer's policies hamper restaurant and lodging sectors. Dbusiness.com. Um, it goes on. There's there's more. Um, you can actually go into this. They actually have the bills listed. Uh, you can if you're watching, you can go into it. Uh, look at look at that! It brings you right to the legislature bill. Um, brings you right to it. Revised summary as passed by the House. Um, gives you all the the uh, thing um, presented to the governor ten twenty 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 one vetoed by governor ten twenty nine twenty twenty one. So if you think that these there these veto things are they're full of crap, you can go there. You can actually see all the bills that. Governor Whitmer has vetoed. Speaking of Governor Whitmer, guys, mistransparency is burning evidence. Oh, goodness. So I'm just going to read through this one because I don't think I need to say anything about it. I might say something about it because I can't resist. But throughout the pandemic, Michigan employers have felt the sting of of government interference. Those who didn't follow Governor Gretchen Whitmer's constantly changing rules faced serious fines and even closure. Now, some are pushing back on citations and exposing even more secrecy within this administration. So, you guys remember that? Businesses being fined, closed. <coughs> One business owner being arrested. We continue. The Detroit News this week uncovered some alarming details in one investigation related to the city of Port Huron including how a state workforce safety inspector burned, literally burned, documents and destroyed notes and emails related to the case. That alone calls for a close look at this agency's practices and leaderships. Did anyone instruct Michigan Occupational Safety and Health Administration Inspector Matthew Hartman to take such curious action? And did he violate state policy or the law in destroying the evidence? Now, of course, he's not talking. He's not going to say who told him to do it. Um, you know, I'm talking, let's just continue. These are important questions that deserve answers. Setting records on fire while cases could still be appealed seems unusual. And the destruction leads the public to assume that they contain information that the agency didn't want public or Port Huron, didn't want the public or Port Huron to know. Yep. Yep. I would say that, uh, 
that does lead the public to that assumption. Um, man, the Detroit News, they're so, they're so nice with it. it, it setting the records on fire seems unusual. Yeah. Seems unusual. You could say that. Late last month, my OSHA, facing the threat of having director Bart Pickleman deposed, filed to dismiss the citation against the city. Again, what information were they trying to keep secret? The threat of having... Okay, my OSHA dismissed the citation against Port Huron. Yes. Okay. In their role, my OSHA inspectors are law enforcement officers. See, this is where I I differ from the Detroit News a lot. Uh, My OSHA does not actually create any laws. They're given power by the legislature that they shouldn't have. The legislature makes laws. My OSHA inspectors are not lawmakers. They are not law enforcers. They are guideline enforcers. And guidelines, my friends, are not laws. Notes and emails that contain information on how they built their case should be retained as long as a case is pending. We do not want to state that incinerates potentially exculpatory information while a case is still being adjudicated. You know what? I agree. We don't want we don't want uh, evidence burned while the case is still go ongoing, or while the case could still be uh, appealed. In Port Huron, in the Port Huron case, my OSHA was charged with enforcing Whitmer's COVID orders and fining businesses and employers if they didn't fully comply. The agency, which falls under the Department of Labor and Economic Opportunity, has levied more than 500 COVID fines and publicly reported the names of businesses penalized through the press releases. The city of Port Huron decided to fight back and appeal the $6,300 fine it received in the summer of 2020 for reported violations of workplace safety rules. City manager James Freed referred to the case as, quote, a sloppy attempt, unquote, to disparage employees and an example of Myosha's harsh pandemic enforcement. Freed noted the city's legal fees totaling at least $15,000, an amount many small business owners wouldn't be able to swing. The legislature should take a close look at how into how Myosha conducted its investigations and why emails and notes that related to the case were incinerated. House Oversight Committee Chairman Steve Johnson, I love that guy, he's so good, uh, Republican of Wayland, has held hearings on the failings of the Unemployment Insurance Agency, which we've covered on this show. We actually saw um, the un- or the unemployment lady um, st- stumbling over every single sentence that she um, she uttered, trying to get around Steve Johnson's comments. Um, also, under the Labor Department during COVID, and this has led to the recent resignation of the acting director Liza Estland Olson. He should now turn to my OSHA. So, Steve Johnson, yes, please turn to my OSHA. My OSHA will continue to play a large role in overseeing the business compliance, and it will be the state agency, or and it will be the state agency to implement President Joe Biden's impending vaccine and testing mandates on businesses with more than 100 employees. Uh, okay, so that yeah, that's from my OSHA. They're going to be doing this. So. So once again, we have the wrong branch, Joe Biden, uh, making laws about vaccine and testing mandates, and uh, an over or a uh, an unelected um, organization, MyOSHA, will be enforcing those, not laws. I know that was a little confusing, but 
the executive branch is making things that are not laws and my OSHA will be enforcing them or shutting down your business. All right. So Whitmer literally burning evidence. Um, but Hey, she can make a good pancake. She didn't burn that. Look at this. Look at this for those listening. Sorry. Uh, we're on Twitter right now. Um, Governor Gretchen Whitmer. These are giant pancakes. Mickey Mouse pancakes. But have you ever seen a Spartan pancake? <laughs> so, yeah, she's making a Spartan pancake. Look at that ass. Look at that. She's got it. She didn't burn it. Good for her. All right. Next. Oh, look at this. Okay, so Grand Valley State University. So this is our concert from last night. Um, took a picture of the, uh, the table. We've got three people here, two people over here. Uh, this lady right here, they're all checking, um, checking students, checking, um, uh, what do you call them, visitors for their self-assessment, self-assessment, and uh, enforcing mask policies. So um, we also had uh, uh, a limit on how many people could be in there. So we had like a smaller audience than normal, like. Generally, these things are sparsely populated, but it was even more sparsely populated with only, you know, one or two or three tickets allowed to each person. I was lucky I got like five because I emailed them right on the dot. I was like, I like I pre-sent the email uh, to get my tickets. So I was able to get get five tickets. Um, I wasn't able to get very many after that. Actually, I was able to get none after that. But um, now I've got the hang of it. I'm going to just find out who all wants to be there, get all the tickets that I need. But, uh, yeah, we're wasting a ton of money. All these people are, are um, you know, they're probably getting paid for their time. Um, I wouldn't be working without getting paid for it. And, uh, yeah, so just noting that the universities are becoming less efficient as this pandemic moves on. All right, Rashida Tlaib. Wisdom from the Rashida Tlaib Twitter. Either you are for the people who sent you to Congress, or you are with the billionaires, corporate lobbyists, and big pharma. It's time to choose. Now, I seem to remember Rashida Tlaib pushing that uh, we need to vaccinate everybody in the country, so apparently she has chosen big pharma. Um, Detroit, take note. I don't know if you will. You chose Mike Dugan again, so probably not. Okay. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Elder abuse is a crime that often goes unrecognized and unreported. Michigan's Elder Abuse Task Force is working to tackle this issue and provide resources to reduce barriers facing our aging population. For more information, visit mygov slash or michigan.gov slash elder abuse. So uh, remember that bill to uh, put cameras in um, old people homes that the Democrat governor vetoed. I, I don't think that's connected at all. I'm just bringing that up because, you know, it seems seems to be coming to mind for some reason. I don't know. Okay. And finally, the horribly racist people of Virginia elected this lady. If you can't see, uh, she's black. She has got very dark skin. She's melanated, as, uh, as the young kids are saying now. Very melanated. Um, Winsome Sears. The black female Republican candidate elected on Tuesday as the next lieutenant governor of Virginia has responded to a rant on MSNBC that portrayed her as a dummy being used to spout, quote, white supremacy by ventriloquist effect. So MSNBC is saying that uh, she's being 
used as a mouthpiece for white people. Not just white people. White supremacists. So, people that hate black people, or people that think that black people are inferior, are using a black person to con the black people into voting for the... You know, it's a convoluted... Get your tinfoil hat out. I mean, MSNBC is going full tinfoil hat. So... Frequent MSNBC and CNN contributor Michelle Eric Dyson made an incendiary attack on Sears, the first black woman elected to a statewide office in Virginia history, on the readout with Joy Reid. So, man, attacking a black lady, that's pretty racist, isn't it? I mean, oh, God, good night. Oh, oh, wait, no, no, no. The people calling everybody racist for attacking black people are the ones doing it. So, that's not racist for them. Reid attempted to enroll Dyson in an attack... On Republicans who boasted that two or three of the successful GOP candidates in Virginia's statewide election were minorities. Reed responded that Republicans could not shake accusations of racism by pointing to Sears since her Democratic opponent, Hala Ayala, is Afro-Latina and part Lebanese. Oh, she's got more races. That's how it is. Okay, so because because, um, Sears isn't diverse enough. Um, that's, that's how you get out of it. Okay. I, I am done with the media for today. I have been going for too long on this thing already, guys. Thank you so much for, uh, joining me again on the home Splitacast, listening to me rant and ramble. Um, just one more thing before I go, I had a, uh, probably not a listener. They probably don't listen to the show. Um, but I had a person a few weeks back. Uh, when I did my last show, they said that I'm not very talented, which I agree with. I'm not very talented. I'm kind of untalented. Um, but it was a leftist, so I take that with a grain of salt. Um, so just just in that vein. Oh, oh, here it is. Cool. So he said, I don't know what motivated you to do a podcast. Well, if you watch the show, you would know. But will alone is not enough you are missing a key ingredient talent well you you didn't watch the podcast so how do you know if you don't know what motivated me to do the podcast i say it literally every week the media suck they they do not do well at getting us just the news they give us a lot of opinion that's why i'm here to give the counter opinion so I am missing a key ingredient, talent. Yes, I am kind of a talentless schmuck. Um, I admit that. I'm not very entertaining. You know what? Nobody else is doing it. So uh, I'm giving you Allendale News. Um, the Daily Wire is... is uh, Oh, oh shoot. You can't see this. Uh, so the Daily Wire is giving you national news. I'm giving you Allendale News. Um, doesn't matter if you have a point, if you stumble getting to that point. So I, I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, did I stumble? Where did I stumble? Uh <laughs> Who knows? But uh, he's still following me, so... Huh. Thank you, Thumb Mac, for your comment. Um, y- you know what? If, if you'd like to come on and tell me how I could do better, you are more than welcome to. We'll have you on the show. Until then, I am Anon Don. This is the Home Politicast, and I will see all of you guys next week. Mm-hmm.